Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Allison Morris, and we're going to be talking about gut healing with paleo and mindfulness. Allison is the nutritional therapy practitioner and cookbook author of the Paleo Gut Healing Cookbook, blogging over at the delicious gut healthy food blog, foodbymars.com. Allison has experienced firsthand the healing power of food using it to manage Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, and PCOS. She believes your healing journey with real food can be a stress-free lifestyle filled with joy and flavor, and her content is here to help. Follow Allison for more paleo and AIP-friendly recipes, meal plans, community, and coaching services. I really had a lot of fun interviewing Allison, and she gave a lot of wonderful practical tips for you to enjoy healthy cooking at home, and please check out her book cookbook as well. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Allison. It's really an honor to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we connected through Instagram and you have a, like such a wonderful channel and do so much education. And I, you know, really enjoyed getting to know you and your work. And, you know, this is such an important topic for all of our patients. And I find that sometimes I just assume like, oh, everybody has their diet dialed in or everybody knows what to do. And, you know, by the time they come to see someone like myself or you, but I, I realize there's just, this is such a foundational layer that there's always room to share knowledge, educate and empower people on this level. So I'm excited to learn from you today. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love the way you put that. It is such a foundational thing. And I find that going back to the roots, revisiting them frequently is really helpful. (laughs) I wanted to take a moment to thank my sponsor, BioPure, for sponsoring the Spectrum of Health podcast. BioPure is a wonderful product line that I use in many of my treatment protocols at Eminence Health. I've been using them for over a decade and BioPure does a lot of things that are so important to me. They use high quality ingredients, they use results-oriented formulas, and they test their products for purity and potency, making sure that they are free from all of the things that we want to keep our patients away from and avoiding. You can't go wrong with BioPure. And I just, again, want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And if you're struggling out there, check out their products on Apothecary. We have a special discount of 10% for BioPure products on my website, and that's apothecarystore.com. And please use the code Spectrum of Health. Absolutely. And so your, you know, your journey, like many of ours started with your own health and your own healing journey. And that's really how you dove into the work that you do today. So for those of you who might not have heard of it, um, or those out there who might not have heard your story, I'd love to, yeah, just hear it myself. Like, how do you get to be such a knowledgeable expert um, in gut healing? Yeah, thank you. So exactly right. You have to kind of figure it out and go through it yourself. And I think it's kind of taking those challenges that we go through with our own health and learning from them and, you know, using it as a a way to transform and grow. And that's certainly what I did. I was struggling probably my whole life with digestive issues, but I normalized them. And I, I thought, oh, well, my mom goes through a lot of issues and my dad goes. So this is just what I was dealt. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of operating under that for a while. But then as I was growing up, I'm like, no, I think nutrition has a lot to do with this. And I think that we can change things if we're moving our body and eating well and doing all these things. But still, I was following sort of the mainstream advice. I was doing juice cleanses and smoothies and then going to happy hour like three times a week. So it just didn't make a lot of sense. But it did at the time to me. And then ultimately, I was starting to burn out in my like mid-20s. I was on the birth control pill for about 10 years because I struggled with PCOS in very, very painful periods. And that was the only option presented to me at age 18. They were like, okay, we can either keep you on 500 milligrams of naproxen every month, which was 
quite heavy duty <laughs> and I was still in pain and still had to stay home every, every month or you can get on the birth control pill and I'll fix everything. And I was like, okay, let's do that. So I was on the pill for like 10 years. And by the time I came off, I was a newlywed. I was like, ah, let's get rid of this. Everything came crashing down on me. It was my trigger for sure to autoimmunity. And my hair just started falling out. My skin went berserk. I had like these scales all over my head and face. It was like severe dermatitis issues. Like I said, my gut was always a mess. Uh, My hormones, everything, my period returned as terribly as I remembered it. And they, the doctors like told me, they were like, Oh, just six months on this and everything's going to be fixed. I was like, I was on this a decade and it didn't do anything but hide it and mask it. Mm. So that was when everything sort of figuratively and literally was just crashing down on me and everything was being questioned. My physical symptoms, everything that I was going through and everything that I was told, like I thought I was taking care of myself and it was a real big slap in the face. That's something big I was missing. So I started becoming more educated because unfortunately all the specialists that I was going to in New York city, the top endocrinologist, the top, this, the top, that had nothing for me. It was just more of like, so get back on the pill. That'll fix the hair again. And I'm like, but that just did this. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh, it didn't work. Do it harder now. I was just like, no, I won't be doing that. And if I want to get pregnant one day, like, what do I do? So, you know, it it was a lot of that. And so it just became a journey of self-discovery. And like, I'm sure most of the listeners know it's you taking your health into your own hands at that point and finding good practitioners to work with that will listen to you, that will dig for more root cause issues, which I was lucky to do and find, but it wasn't easy because that's just not the mainstream thing that most people know to do and hear about. And then I, myself, I started my food blog because like I said, I knew nutrition had to be a key and I realized that by cooking at home, cooking whole foods, doing less takeout, doing less, you know, sugar and gluten and dairy, it just became this evolution and snowball of me tinkering with diet. And now I'm lucky to reach millions of people a year with my food blog and my recipes that I was able to change my own diet. And it had such a significant effect on my health that now I'm able to put that out there in the world, which makes me so happy. And yeah, and somewhere along the lines, I was diagnosed finally with Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, definitely PCOS, and then a slew of digestive issues. I had SIBO more times than I can count. I've had (laughs) parasites and the whole gamut. And ultimately I saw the biggest changes with gut health from both a dietary and a lifestyle Mm -hmm. standpoint. So I'm so excited to chat more with you on that because it just felt so central to everything that I was always working on. And um, that's what really excites me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what a powerful story, right? And it's just that silver lining of your pain and your journey helping so many people as you shared. And your story is really common, unfortunately, nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's just heartbreaking to me how common and especially even now younger and younger people are going through the story. But, you know, a lot of women have these menstrual irregularities that we just kind of say, oh, they're normal. That's just part of, you know, your monthly rhythm and no big deal. And, you know, I know people like yourself 
and myself are like, Hey, like if that's happening, your body's communicating and it's not just, you know, suppress, hide those symptoms, but like, what, what is the message, right? What is the message that the body is challenged with? And so I think the oral contraceptive pills, you know, way too common. I mean, of course, you know, I'm all for whatever people choose for birth control, but there there's a cost, right? And there's definitely a, a host of side effects that we don't talk about, right? Or we don't talk about maybe use this for a period of time. And then how do you get off of it? And how do you really fix the root cause? And so I think your story is can resonate with so many people. I guess maybe we can break this down and I have so many questions, <laughs> but I think maybe just landing there for a few moments, because I'm feeling like people out there need to hear this about like, what do oral contraceptive pills do to our bodies? You know, they suppress our, you know, hormones and there's a lot of nutritional deficiencies that come, but what, you know, anything that you've learned along the way, like, what are these really doing to a woman's body? Yeah. From the way I understand it, it's tricking our body. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it's suppressing so much of what needs to come up. So for me, and like you're saying, so many people are experiencing this, that it's robbing us of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, so many mineral, like vital, vital minerals and vitamins that we need. It is robbing us of it's masking the problem, especially if we got on it, not just for oral contraceptive purposes, but if we got on it because of our period or acne is a common thing that I'll, you know, they'll give it to people for, it's just masking the issue. It's not actually solving the root cause foundational problem. So now you're living however many years you're on it with this getting worse and worse. The pill is perpetuating it because it's covering it up. And it's also robbing us of the nutrients we need to heal, Mm -hmm. but we think everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so when we inevitably try to get off it can really feel like everything is just crashing down because it's this perfect intersection of you've been hiding from this. It's been getting worse the whole time and you never actually properly healed it. So now it's coming in tenfold. And I always, whenever a friend or a client is like, I hope that doesn't happen to me. I'm like, girl, I hope it doesn't either. I don't want that to happen to anybody because it's terrible, Mm -hmm. but you just have to know, like you're saying, you're an adult, make a decision, Mm -hmm. but know what you're up against. That's always my biggest thing is I didn't know anything when I got on it. I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, well, it's either this or I, st- I was going to college. I was 18 and I was like, well, I can't stay home two to three days a month anymore. Like I have yeah. my whole life yeah. since I was 13, you know, I-, I couldn't envision doing that. And then yes, as you grow and maybe you don't want to get pregnant yet and, and you're doing all these things, it has other benefits, but to your point, it has a cost and it, I paid it. <laughs> I certainly did pay it. Mm. And I think that's just what we have to be informed to know is it's, it's masking things. It's robbing us of vital nutrients mm-hmm. and it's, it's keeping us from healing, honestly. Yeah. yeah, no, that's no so well put. And, you know, all the, of course, stress on the liver, right? And, you know, all yeah. these things as well. So, no, it, it's definitely as, you know, we're all about just information and people can make the right decision for Absolutely. themselves. Again, this kind of underlying, these underlying factors, right? So you said you had PCOS, digestive issues, yeah. Hashimoto's. So what were your root causes when you think about it? Like what were like the things kind of triggering all of this kind of brewing under the surface for years? Uh, blood sugar dysregulation, for sure. I grew up standard American diet, Pop-Tarts for breakfast, <laughs> sandwich for lunch with chips. Or I, I reminisce about this frequently with some of my childhood friends and my sister, but for a few years we had lunch period at like 10 AM. Yeah. And so we'd have bagels and Snapple. And that was like, so I'd have breakfast before I left at 7 AM, which was like something sweet. Then I had these bagels. And, and when I think I just shudder to think that it was just so many years of that, right? Like it's one thing. Okay. Yeah. We all have our, 
but it was just constant. That was my diet, you know, and I had working parents that were busy and also chronically ill and sometimes didn't always have the energy. They did their best, but oftentimes it was takeout or like, just let's do pizza or, you know, something quick. And so, you know, anything quick, even if it's made at home, it might not be the best. So this is unfortunately that caused a lot of blood sugar dysregulation for me. My digestion was a mess because of that. I was always sort of between constipation and diarrhea from probably food sensitivities and things like that. And it, and I just thought that was normal. Like, oh, this is like the ebb and flow that I <laughs> that I go through. And now I can very clearly see the story that it was telling. It's so crazy, right? In hindsight, when we realize symptoms are not punishments or just something to be ignored, like, oh, just whatever. I don't know. It's unrelated to what I did suddenly you can start to see like, no, 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 that was my body answering me. That was my body giving me a very clear message or cry for help. And I was ignoring it. And I was just continuing to do the same thing out of habit, out of environment. And then thinking falsely that, oh, okay, if I have smoothies a few times a week, or if I do a juice cleanse, like I can undo somehow all of this. Mm -hmm. And that's just not right. So that was the diet piece for both my gut health struggling and the blood sugar dysregulation. And I would also say as then I got a little bit older and realized the chronic stress toll that was taking on, on a root cause level. Um, so things like general inflammation being caused by that, my adrenals being <laughs> beat up, uh, especially in my mid twenties, when all of this was happening, I was like climbing the corporate ladder. I was doing all the things, right. I was out of college. I was really stressed from tests and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting now too, which I'd love how much you talk about this too, is the trauma aspect. Just thinking about the tiny little T traumas that we all kind of death by a million paper cuts or whatever it is. On my healing journey, after going through the dietary changes and all this other stuff, you know, you get to a new area where it's like, okay, I did the diet. I'm not going to keep, what else? What else do I, what else is happening? And that's where you land at more of the mind body stuff. And that's where I saw a lot of amazing shifts when I was able to start journaling and being more mindful and thinking about things like, well, how did that affect me? And I didn't really ever deal with that. And things like grief, loss, deaths in my family, like all of that, it all has, has sort of a part to play. And so I think those are all root cause, really, really fundamental things that were happening for me. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And it's, you know, I I talk a lot about the terrain and terrain medicine, and it's like all of these things that make us who we are. Right. And that's where I think, you know, we're all, you know, working together to really change this um, paradigm, right, of medicine and how it's not just one thing that we need one pill for and then we're good forever. You know, it's we're, you know, way more dynamic and complex. And there's this whole interconnection of life that I think, you know, awareness is coming up. You know, people are seeking this out. And I know people, you know, wind up, you know, seeing someone like yourself or me with, you know, they've tried a lot of things and they just didn't find the answers. So and they come to this really committed and really seeking, you know, all of these things that you're sharing. And so I really appreciate you sharing your story because I know so many people can be like, that's me or I have, you know, I I can totally relate. No, I I really appreciate that. And, you know, kind of focusing on gut healing for, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, a moment. 
you have some strategies and you have some perspectives and kind of philosophy that you follow and really paleo and the autoimmune paleo umbrella is really where you lead people. So can you just, Mm -hmm. you know, many people think they know this, but it's always good to revisit, you know, because again, I think we can always learn and we can always figure out how to evolve how we're eating and the lifestyle we participate in. So what is your version of paleo and AIP? Yeah. And I think also to take a step back, because I know your listeners are super educated. And I think sometimes when we're so tunnel vision on something, it is helpful to take a step back and hear the little things again to revisit it in a new way, if that makes sense. Because most of my clients are, like you said, I've tried all the things I'm eating that way. Yeah. What's not working. And that's where it's like, we need to kind of go over your homework again a little bit. Mm. and point out the blind spots. Mm. Um, So with diet, with paleo and AIP, one of the underlining things I always like to call them is their templates. And bioindividuality is always king in Mm. this, right? Like we always have to kind of bow down to that first and have a respect for that and also be willing to listen, to be in tune with our bodies, to listen. But I found that eating a standard American, hyper palatable, refined sugar, you know, inflammatory, uh, inflammatory foods, we're not able to get in tune physically with our body, right? Because it's being overridden with these chemicals and foods or, or whatever. So by return, so using paleo as a template is one of my favorite things to do because it's just returning back to nature. Mm-hmm. It's going back to how our ancestors ate with, you know, animal protein and vegetables. So if it came out of the ground or wanders the ground, it's probably paleo. And what I also do like about the template is that, yes, it's mainly dietary. We think about it, but it is talking about lifestyle too. So movement, getting sun on your skin, having community, all of those things are really important as a part of it, because I see so much in our community that we can just overcorrect with diet, diet, eliminate more, eliminate more. There's a problem in my life. So it must be eggs or a gluten or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but can we keep things in perspective? Like you said, there's so much else. If we think about it as a pie chart, Mm. diet is one part of it and Mm. it's powerful. It is, Mm. but then there's other stuff. When we've already done that, we have to look elsewhere. Mm. But I think there's sometimes we can get stuck in the dietary cycle where we just keep eliminating. Mm-hmm. And so my major gripe with that for things like low FODMAP or even AIP, there's pros and cons to everything. And we just have to remember that our microbiome needs diversity. We need diversity of nutrients, different colors, uh, you know, different veggies, what's in season, all that other stuff. So that will also help us if we have leaky gut conditions and we're t- finding that we're getting sensitive to a lot of foods, even the good ones, the ones that we love, the paleo ones, whatever it is. Mm-hmm just by nature of leaky gut, whatever you're eating is going to leak out in there. So whatever you're eating a lot of. So I always try to keep foods in rotation myself. Mm -hmm. I have like three or four milks in my fridge at any one given time, coconut, hemp, almond, whatever. That's like one example. But I I always help my clients with that. I always just say like, let's not get stuck or stagnant. We use this as a template and then we branch out from there. Mm -hmm. Um, For the autoimmune protocol, I love it because personally, it helped me a lot with Hashimoto's. There are studies done on especially Hashimoto's and IBS, and it has reduced antibodies for a lot of people with Hashimoto's. But it is it is a restrictive elimination protocol. It's about a month to three months that you would do it, depending on the severity or what you and your practitioner decide on. 
but there are additional phases. You have to reintroduce food because again, you have to promote that diversity of diet, of microbiome. So we want to make sure you reintroduce the foods. And this is where sometimes I see people getting that tunnel vision where it's like, no, but I feel good. And my labs look better. So I'm just going to stay here. And it's like, no, mm. we remove while we heal. Right. So mm. the other big thing about both paleo, but especially AIP, I would say is that it, they do focus on what are you eating? Let's not only focus on what we've removed. Let's mm. focus on getting organ meats in bone broths, probiotic, rich foods, prebiotic rich fiber, like you want to make sure you're having all of that as well. And so really considering the food as medicine, not just what am I eliminating? I got rid of that already. Mm -hmm. So that's another big piece is that hopefully we're healing the gut, whether just with food as medicine or also, you know, working with a practitioner, maybe you need to do a protocol, herbal antibiotics, or just some mm -hmm. supplements to help support dysbiosis and digestive function, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really key. And then, so that way you are able to challenge reintroductions and, you know, use a food and mood journal. I love to do pulse testing for some food sensitivities. I don't know if you ever do that, but, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that all of those tools are helpful to try and get some food back. And then the third phase is ultimately your bio-individual diet, what you're left with. So mm -hmm. for example, when I did AIP, I was able to get a lot of foods back, but nightshades I know are like iffy for me, right? They'll cause inflammation. I'll get a headache. I'll get some joint pain if it's too much. So the poison is in the dose for a lot of things. And you just have to keep that in mind and keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many great points. And I think you really landed on some people out there in our community. They can use these therapeutic diets and they can kind of make the assumption that that's a lifestyle choice rather than a therapeutic diet, right? To heal, repair, recover. And you know, I, I think about health is resilience, right? So I don't feel like I'm doing my job if, you know, patients need a, a thousand supplements and eat four foods and like they're functioning, but the, and they're better. And like, that's what we're, you know, aiming for. Like just sure we have to take care of ourselves and lead the mo majority of our lifestyle in health and, you know, in balance, but, you know, we will have some challenges or some experiences and not be perfect all the time, but we don't get completely taken down from those that so we can re, you know, rebuild and be resilient as quickly as possible. So no, I love that. And, you know, we can get in the habit and I'm, I'm guilty of this. It's like, you know, having the same food or, you know, like just, you know, kind of in your routine and not being as maybe adventurous or, you know, you know, adding that biodiversity through foods. And I think the seasons help us. I think if we kind of tune into the seasons naturally, we our diet uh, choices and the ingredients shift, right? And so we can get out of that habit and routine. So then I guess, Allison, no, th this is great. And I have like a few ways we can go in my next question, I guess. How do you help people like their day in and day out preparing for food and mm -hmm. finding you know that rhythm in life around food? Um, maybe maybe let's um, land there for a moment. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, like more tactical things. So I find that in terms of like overall attitude towards our food, we get to do this. We get that's something that I am always working with my clients on is is bringing more joy to this because if it's a burden, if it's a constant restriction or deprivation, as Mary Poppins says, sugar helps the medicine go down. And I just feel like the energy that we bring to something is as good as what we're doing a lot of times. So I firstly like to to really start there with people and make sure that our mind is in the game because if not 
you're just going to be going through the motions and eventually you're going to hit a wall or a holiday is going to come up or a social occasion is going to come up and you're going to like go off the rails. And that's what I tend to see also where it's this struggle of binging, restricting, going back and forth, not, you know, flailing around. And that can be really challenging and a problem for the gut, right? Because now it's just like, there's, it's all over the place. And then in terms of the other side where it's like, no, I'm doing the things, but I'm getting really stuck in a rut. That's again, where we kind of bring the joy and the curiosity. And I love what you just said. Yes. Like tuning into the seasons, it's nature has its own way of bringing in that diversity. And you know, like in the summer when tomatoes, if nightshades are good for you, they're not for me, but uh, <laughs> tomatoes are great for actually helping your skin adapt to the sun. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing because nature has its reasons for why certain things are in season and all this other stuff. I always love when my clients, especially now with fall and winter, they're like, I'm so excited for just like root vegetables and soup. It's like, they're, you're craving it. It's like, you've had your fun in the sun yeah. and now you're kind of really wanting this cozy sort of rooted, grounded feeling from your food. So I love talking about stuff like that because you don't have to be Julia Child. You don't have to be this like crazy chef or anything like that. Um, but you can just find some joy or respect or love for nourishing your body, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the first thing. And then the more like day-to-day nitty gritty tactical stuff is really meal prep, making it so easy. It doesn't have to be this crazy color coordinated Tupperware situation. (laughs) It's just, I know both you and I were chatting like about toddler life and we just don't have a lot of time for all of these things. You're working, you're doing other things. You you, you can't make it perfect. I'm all about progress over perfection. So something I like to do, and I'll leave you the link, but I have this like 20 minute meal prep system that I like to do that's paleo and AIP friendly. And kind of back to what I was talking about when I said blood sugar dysregulation, all these issues that I was having, animal protein has been so healing for that, starting with a savory breakfast and doing all that stuff. And in order to make this quicker and more attainable for ourselves without having lots of processed food or resorting back to, you know, more convenience style foods, meal prep is what's going to win the day. But to keep it kind of short and not so overwhelming and such a marathon kind of event, What I like to do is this 20 minute thing where I pick a base protein. I'll probably pick two or three to prep. So I do a lot of ground meat meal preps and then I'll throw in some veggies. So if it's like a coleslaw package of shredded cabbage and carrots, I'll throw that in on one skillet on another skillet. Maybe I'll do some shredded, I don't know, Brussels sprouts and broccoli or or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I use different spices and spice combinations to make it really tasty. And so I have that in my little guide because people are always like, what spices do I use? I don't know. But that way you switch it up. It's fun. It's flavorful. It's not the same thing over and over again. And then what I do with those bases is I put them away in the fridge and then that can transform all week long. I can put it on little lettuce tacos. I can put it on spaghetti squash with some marinara sauce or pesto sauce. You know, the sky's the limit. You can do anything with that combination. You can make sloppy joes. Like there's so many different ideas and that way you always have something in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I also really like, like that's the cooking aspect, but I also like to keep a really organized pantry and freezer with 
these great source meats. I, I buy a lot of things online that I know are grass-fed, organic, all that stuff. So I'm not worried about it. It's more cost-effective. It's there. If I have some like paleo frozen meals that either I've prepared or gotten out, you know, that I've just ordered, that's helpful if you're traveling or you're just mm-hmm. meal prep did not happen that week. So that way you're just always prepared. And mm-hmm. you're also kind of eliminating decision fatigue and worry about what can I eat? What can I eat? It's just there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. I love this. And you're re-inspiring me. I'm in a Good. pattern with, you know, my husband and I, like we work a lot and we get home and, you know, we, we cook a lot, but, um, you know, we got the same kind of strategy. So, the, um, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be re-inspired by you today. I love, it. I, love <laughs> it. I love it. Feel free to share some resources and we can yeah. link to your site, of course, too. But for those people who are either too busy or might not have access to like a really good co-op or farmer's market, are there some go-to really good quality meat online sources that you, you feel confident and sharing. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites is Grassroots. They're one of my favorites. They are also owned by a company that is helping regenerative farmers oh, become regenerative. They're, they're like taking regular farmers yeah. and putting them through school. And so all of their sourcing is on the up and up. It's all from regenerative farms. They have the best poultry, I think. I think they have the best poultry. Like once you try their chicken, you're not going to buy it elsewhere. I'm just going to say that. So it's really tasty. They have grass-fed stuff, all that. U.S. Wellness Meats is also great. Mm -hmm. Corner Post is really Mm -hmm. good. Certainly Mm -hmm. things like Butcher Box are also really good too. I just happen to favor grassroots. Yeah, no, I love that. And the, um, I had a woman that I met at Polyface Farms talk about regenerative agriculture. And so that was um, really inspiring for me. And and that's another layer. Like you think, oh, okay, like you're eating organic or even like grass finished or grass fed and, you know, getting it from maybe like who knows, but like the more that we're connected to these farms that are so committed to regenerating the soil and our land. I think it just, it just feels good, right? It's that um, circle that, you know, we're all in. So and that's awesome. And I don't know um, if you ever use, I forget about, and I always remember when I talk about spices, Dr. Cowan, he has something called Cowan's Gardens and he has these spices and blends and things that you can, you know, all ready to go if you're trying to, you know, be creative with the different spice combinations. Cause spice oh, I have to check those out. Yeah, yeah. It's called Cowan's Garden and he okay, has like, yeah, they're really beautiful. And because the spices, right, that has a lot, that have a lot to do with detoxification and inflammation Absolutely. and feeding our microbes. And so, you know, we don't have to be boring, right? We can get creative. So yeah, sometimes again, we just get stuck in a rut. We don't know what we don't know, or we haven't tried. And there's just so many spices, aromatics, things that we can throw in there. But yeah, absolutely. In my cookbook, I talk about this when I give some tips about digestion is including these things like ginger, bay leaves, Mm -hmm. things that help, you know, help with gas and bloating. Like, and if you put that in more of your food, like you'll notice a difference. Herbs are super powerful. So I love that. Yeah. Awesome. I probably should have asked you this earlier, but I know some people are probably still like landing on this um, and heard you say it earlier, but the SIBO thing, the SIBO thing and the recurrence of SIBO and all of that, obviously you're in this healed space and you know, you, you've learned a lot through your journey. So any like great clinical pearls around SIBO, cause I have, uh, you know, in my community and even in my patients, like this is something that they struggle with and they struggle with the recurrence. And so I'm just super curious of any of your insights around that. Absolutely. Oh, SIBO. It is, 
Is it just like the worst? It should be a song. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's so frustrating because like the symptoms are just so disruptive. Mm-hmm. I was literally, I just got off with a client and I, I was just saying like how much I feel for her, the bloating, the like, especially I work from home at this point, but when I was having these recurrences, I had to get dressed. Like I had to wear jeans or pants or, and look present. And I couldn't, I couldn't fit into stuff sometimes. Like it was just so, and pain, it's painful, the distension and everything. So yes, I, it's such a sticking point. And so what I've learned personally and professionally at this point, and even just practicing with my clients from a clinical pearl standpoint, I always start with a GI map. I SIBO, I right? Yeah. Like SIBO at this point, we're learning more and more. It's not a root cause thing. It's a downstream effect, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think some of the issues when I was going through it, and this was also years ago, this was when this was still first newish and we were figuring yeah. out and I was working with a naturopath and a functional medicine doctor. They're fabulous, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know, you're using the tools and knowledge you have at the time. And I think what I never honed in on initially was, yeah, but what caused the SIBO? We were treating SIBO like a root cause. I remember so vividly listening to like Hashimoto's podcasts and things like that, where they were like, oh, SIBO is a root cause of Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. And now we know, well, no, like it's deeper than that. And so that was, I think, where I kept getting stuck, where it was like SIBO's causing this, SIBO's causing this, and we have to fix it, fix it, fix it. And never look at what's causing the SIBO. And that was kind of an issue. So I started digging in more to mindful eating, things like that, realizing that, hey, my whole life was set up for me to be having SIBO. I was not eating right, like quality wise, not eating quality. Okay. So that's a problem. My stomach acid is probably little to none. And it wasn't once I finally did like a hydro, uh, I say hydrozyme because that's my supplement of choice. But if I'm using like any betaine with HCL kind of stuff and you try to find your proper dose. Oh my God, Christine, mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was so high. I was like, I need the highest dose of this. Get the bottle. <laughs> yes, literally like just to digest a meal. And, and so that was really eye opening to me that it was like, okay, if I don't fix those things and then maintain Mm. and figure out the lifestyle shifts I need to make to ensure my stomach acid is always in a healthy, strong production that I have enough to make sure that I'm mindfully eating and chewing my food and paying attention and not in a, in a fight or flight or freeze state when I'm eating, that's how this heals and gets better. And that's how ultimately I've been able to keep SIBO at bay after, I think there was at least three, three relapses that I tested The rest was probably way more and probably had it much earlier than I even knew. Mm -hmm. So I think to kind of sum up, to keep it, to keep it in context of like, okay, it's a downstream effect. Mm -hmm. What are the conditions? You said it so well before the terrain, what is the terrain that you are building with your lifestyle? You control Mm -hmm. your environment, you control your diet. Mm -hmm. What kind of terrain are you building? Because we know in a low acidic environment, these things flourish H pylori, like all these things tend to keep coming up and flourishing, or you're introducing parasites that you weren't able to disinfect. So like stomach acid is like key to me loving to, I love to promote that through lifestyle, through supplements, through food. And then certainly things like bone broth and how are we healing and sealing? Mm -hmm. Um, one thing is low FODMAP. I have such an like put tug and <laughs> what do you want to say? Like a push and pull relationship with yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say with that, both from a personal professional standpoint is that 
I've seen it do more harm than good a lot of times because it's just so frustrating to be on that diet and still not feel well um, or feel like, oh my God, one bite of cauliflower and I'm going to look nine months pregnant or have all these terrible symptoms. And I think that that's such a mind warp in itself. You can't really go out at all, even to a healthy restaurant and order normal things and normal vegetables. And I think that that's a really tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, if it's helping you, you know, like the biphasic diet and Alison Seinbecker's work is amazing. And there is so much amazing work and data out there, but I think maybe you can find a personalized version of it. Maybe you can say, okay, this is what might be causing more symptoms, Mm. but for me is causing it. Is it cauliflower? Is it broccoli? Is it onions? Can I have granulated onions and a spice pack? Can I have, sometimes it's the onions and garlic that really just kills people. And if you can have it in some form or a little dose, is that okay? And so just being curious and playing with it versus being so restrictive, because that was another misguided thing. I think for me, I thought low FODMAP was healing me. Mm-hmm. It's just right. a symptom management tool, which yeah, that, that's important. Don't get me wrong. It's super important, but to just what end? Mm-hmm. And if there's any way to bio-individualize it, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. And then the other biggest thing is like vagal tone and vagus nerve and promoting that gut brain connection. And, you know, it's kind of like a use it or lose it. Like I said, I was never eating mindfully. I was eating stressed out. I was like emotionally snacking and, you know, like so much of my relationship with food, when I look back at it, it's like, oh, I was studying, cramming for a test and I was eating chips. Yeah. Was, right. Like that was just my lifestyle. And I didn't see anything wrong with it because it was so normalized in our culture mm-hmm. until you're like, oh, I wasn't digesting any of that. And it was garbage. So mm-hmm. great. Double whammy. So when I think about mindful eating, that's been an enormous healing tool for me to just be present with my meal, to put away distractions, chew my food till applesauce consistency or cut it up. I even say, do that. If you cannot chew, just like cut your food up, you know, really well, like you would for a kid. And, um, that's made a huge difference in supporting and the maintenance of this. It's like, okay, you do the antibiotic protocol and then what, how do you make sure you don't relapse? These are the ways like Mm. promote that strong stomach acid, heal and seal, eat mindfully, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Love that. I've come to a lot of similar conclusions as well. I think placebo is, yeah, like, I like how you said downstream or, you know, a symptom or a side effect of all of these other things. And I loved how you just shared about the, you know, vagal tone and the vagus nerve, because I think that's a huge, you know, piece of, you know, really any digestive imbalance, right? We have to include that. And as you've obviously included mindfulness in this conversation, you know, the vagus nerve has so much to do with our digestion and also our ability to connect and um, heal and you know, repair and all of these things. So no, really well said. You just made a cookbook, right? So I want to hear all about it. Um, sure so I'm so excited about this and I'm going to, you know, can't wait to dive into the recipes and bring them to my home. Just tell us about your journey with this cookbook and, yeah. you know, really your vision for how people incorporate this in their life. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, it was kind of a culmination of everything we just talked about, my whole journey and helping other people through this. I obviously, it's a cookbook, so it's 75 paleo and AIP friendly recipes. So no matter where you are on your journey or what you're eating, there's going to be something for everybody. 
my first and foremost thing is like, I want to make this joyful. I want to make it easy. I also, I have so many recipes that are sort of remakes from my childhood food that I love. That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily paleo. (laughs) So I make it paleo. I use all sorts of different veggies and I make fun dairy-free sauces and, and things like that. So I have like a Greek moussaka in there that's paleo. I have, I I'm half Hispanic. So I grew up eating a lot of like plantains and things like that. And that's a magical vegetable. Like you can do so much with it. So I make like a sandwich bread out of that and it, it comes out awesome. So, you know, so many things like that have helped me on my journey because it makes this more normal. It Mm. makes it joyful. It makes it sustainable. It means that when I'm, you know, holidays around the corner, like when I'm entertaining, everyone's going to love the food. It doesn't matter that they're not gluten-free or on a special, you know, healing diet. It doesn't matter. It's going to taste good. So Mm. that's one of like my most proud things with the blog and with this book is that it's kind of, it's universal and it's going to expose you to new things. So I love that aspect. And then the other thing is I have a lot of the pearls we've been sharing here, but I have 10 of what I feel are the most impactful strategies to just live a gut healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's what we all know and get to is like, there's just no magic pill. There's no magic protocol. It's that terrain that you're building. It's that environment. It's that lifestyle. And so I talk quite a bit about mindful eating, you know, vagus nerve exercises we could be doing regularly, even just how to prepare the food for better digestion. Sometimes we can eat the cauliflower or eat the broccoli, but not raw or roasted, or maybe yeah. it be another way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I try to open up that avenue for people. And so, yeah, I, I talk a, a bit about that. And I also have a two week gut refresh meal plan. So we have lots of soups and bone broths and, and even just regular broth, if you have histamine and intolerance or anything like that. So I really try to just get you to take action with the cookbook and get in there and let's do a two week refresh and see how you feel uh, using it as a template and then expanding on it. I love that. And you know, what an accomplishment. I hope that Thank you're you. celebrating, you know, this amazing, you know, com- culmination, right. Of your work thus far. So now I am so excited to experience myself and share that with my community. And as we wrap up, just a fun, you know, question. So what did you eat this morning, Allison? Oh, I I literally ate what I told you is my meal prep all the time is that meat hash. Oh, nice. Love it. Yeah. I had like ground bison with the coleslaw, it's cabbage and carrots. Mm-hmm. And I think I put like garlic powder and coconut aminos, which is like my favorite. Oh, and okay. it comes out so good. Coconut aminos. I don't know about that. <gasps> you have to. It's it's yeah. a soy sauce replacement. Oh, love it. And it's just from coconut and it's got that like umami, deep, salty flavor. So a little bit of that on there. If you want to make it, I have this uh, recipe called like egg roll skillet Mm -hmm. and I do a similar thing. I just add garlic, ginger, coconut aminos and toasted sesame oil as a finisher. Oh, that's so yummy. Yeah. It's super tasty. So yeah. I'm telling you with the right combination of things yeah. like that, you'll be like, whoa, this is good. I can do yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was my breakfast. I start savory. I just make it easy. Mm-hmm. Reheat something that I prepped. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, you're an inspiration for all of our guts and our kitchens and our families. And no, I'm, I'm really, you know, so glad that we've finally got to connect in this way and grateful that you were able to share all your wisdom today. And um, if people want to find out more about all the wonderful work you're doing, where should they find you? Yeah. Just come visit me at foodbymars.com. And I'm on Instagram as foodbymars. And my cookbook is called the Paleo Gut Healing Cookbook. I can't wait to share more goodies with you. I'm going to leave 
leave you with a bunch of links and stuff to try out. Um, and yeah, I, I love connecting with people. So feel free to DM and say hi. Great. Well, thank you so much, Allison. Thank, and thank you, you all so for much for having me. And yeah, we'll have all this information in the notes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Allison Morris. And please check out her cookbook and her food, food blog and her Instagram channel. She has so much wonderful information. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, I'd so appreciate a review on iTunes. And for those of you who want to learn more about becoming a patient at Eminence Health, please check out our website, eminencehealth.com. Have a beautiful day.